that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we're going to be covering minute number 32, which goes from 31 to 31.59 on the clock. And we are getting some more cross-cutting. Uh, we are starting with the Winklevi and Divya uh, reading emails. And in between, we are seeing that, um, you know, everyone's favorite Brazilian has advanced in the, uh, you know, his quest to become a member of the Phoenix. Um, and, you know, in, be in between this, we kind of get uh, Mark uh, still doing his, you know, his kind of programming thing, but asking for a little bit more money from Eduardo, <laughs> which makes his his point in the entire of Facebook quite clear, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, you know, we kind of we get a little bit more of the kind of the emails um, and then, you know, the minute finishes um, with, uh, you know, Eduardo coming in and being like, guess what? And uh, <laughs> and we'll have to find out tomorrow exactly what that uh, that that turns out to be. Um, and joining me to talk about today is Ollie Brady. Hello, Ollie. Hey, Darren. How are you? Uh, yeah, we get a bit more of this cross cutting. Uh, we hear some more of these emails. You know, Divya. It kind of cuts between. I, I find it funny because like Divya is the one, is the one who um, is is reading pretty much all of the emails. And, you know, so kind of like from from there, it's kind of like, um, you know, like the kind of Divya and Gage kind of keep reading the emails and it kind of goes from sometimes Gage is reading a line and then Divya will take over. And, you know, there's a, a, just a little bit kind of intercutting of that, um, what you know, and it, what really said to me was that Divya is such a minor party to the Winkelvoss twins <laughs> that he's reading out their emails to them like he's because <laughs> yeah. at no point i don't think is he mentioned as being a recipient of the emails yet he's no the no one, it's always to cameron or tyler, cameron or tyler. That's who, <laughs> yeah. and they're always reacting like it's the first time they've heard them which means that he literally is their their secretary at this point like that's what he's doing it's it's his position in their little group yeah, and I, I think actually it's interesting because, you know, even though we kind of understand the living arrangements of, you know, the founders of Facebook, mm -hmm. because they share a dorm room inside the AEPI um, dorm, um, so they are all kind of, with the weird thing is they're frat members, but you don't realize it because AEPI obviously is not a frat <laughs> like other frats, as we've seen from their wonderful Caribbean night, um, or Caribbean night, depending on how you want to say that word, <laughs> and... You know, so we're not. I'm not fully aware of like are the are the Winklevosses sharing a room with Divya because they seem too rich to to share a room with Divya, yeah. but he always seems to be there. And you know, when we see their room later on, we can see that like there's an ensuite going on, and you know, it's like it seems a lot fancier than you know. I, for a start, I can't see any bathroom in you know the Zuckerberg. Uh, Savarin dorm, you know, like I, I'm assuming they're having to, they've got like communal showers or something down the hall. Um, but it seems like obviously, you know, the Winklevosses are, um, I don't know, maybe this is inside the, the, the Porcelian, which is obviously where they showed Mark around earlier. I don't, like, I'm not sure of where they are. It's not something I really, I guess we need to know, but it's just kind of interesting that, yeah, you know, 
it seems like Divi is pretty much always on their couch reading their emails. Yeah, to them. I kind of, I oh, to me it read like they were so rich, so influential, whatever that Daddy Daddy Winklevoss had bought yeah. them a place very close to Harvard, so they're not necessarily on Harvard's campus, yeah. but they're very close. So I mean, in the in the script, it's always described as Cameron and Tyler's dorm room. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's 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 what Sorkin kind of describes it as. Um, in the in the same way that we have Eduardo's dorm room, we have Mark's dorm room, which is kind of where they they go to, um, you know, where their beds are, uh, because Eduardo isn't sharing a room with Mark. That's uh, one of the other guys, is, you know, who who earlier on was just like lying in his bed while Mark was doing his uh, face mash thing. Um, so Eduardo has his own room separate to the kind of there's like a little kind of living area that we see that leads to the sh- the room that Mark shares. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm guessing it's pretty much Divya is always over at uh, just hanging at Cameron out. and Tyler. Yeah, yeah. One thing I will say is that it might seem slumming it in comparison to uh, the Winklevosses, but Mark and um, Mark and Eduardo have a really nice place like that, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've lived in apartments which are much smaller than that um and i've i spent time in an american college and my dorm room was about a tenth of the size of theirs so <laughs> yeah i'm i mean i'm gonna guess that all of those were sets in la but uh, yeah it's an it's like it's a it's a nice it's an it, like the something that i don't think i really commented on is is kind of the the way that the sets are done and they it does i mean it's not like they have like you know posters of nsync or anything up there <laughs> Uh, which would be super weird considering who enters the film later yeah. on. But like, there is a feeling that this is kind of an early two thousands dorm. Like, there's this, there's certain things that kind of you know, like certain technology that they have and don't have that kind of makes it feel like a kind of you know a, a kind of a kind of college dorm. And I think a lot of that is in the you know in the way that the kind of sets are dressed and and everything you know. And also the fact that we can differ like instantly before anyone before you even see any of the characters, you can differentiate immediately between the Winklevoss dorm and the AE Pi dorm, like straight away. As soon as it switches, like you immediately know. Oh, oh straight away. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of, I, I like that as well. It's the same with the depositions. Between, when you switch between the depositions, you instantly know, um, you know, even when you're just hearing the voiceover before you go to a deposition, like everything is, is kind of set up so neatly. Um, and, you know, the bulk of this minute really is the conversation between Eduardo and Mark, uh, where, you know, Eduardo comes in and you know he's I, I don't know if this is after he's been out drinking all night at the <laughs> at the phoenix but you know he kind of comes in and you know mark immediately says you know i need a dedicated linux box running an apache with uh, my sql backend it's going to cost a little more money <laughs> and of course i love as well like um andrew garfield's kind of delivery of like how much more and you know he's like 200 more and then the kind of question of like you know do we do we need it and it's like, you know, got to handle the traffic. And of course, when Eduardo, like there's a brief little pause where Eduardo kind of gives his approval and goes, do it. Hey, and of course, I've Mark already is like, done it. <laughs> yeah, I already did. And I think that like that little interaction is kind of a microcosm of like their relationship of like, obviously, you know, Mark will ask, but then he already has done what he's going to do. And he's just looking for Eduardo to kind of give him permission to, to do what he's already done. And I think... Um, you know, obviously in the depositions earlier, we've had this whole thing of like, you know, were you, you know, was Eduardo aware of what he's doing? Um, and clearly, you know, he, at no point do we ever see Mark mention the Winklevosses until later on when, you know, there's a legal thing that goes on. 
And so obviously, you know, Eduardo is not kind of complicit in this. He's, you know, he's just the one kind of, you know, giving his friends some money to kind of do this thing so they can kind of like, you know, try. And uh, Darren, yeah. just uh, how how rich was Eduardo at this time? Well, I mean, I think the opening scene where it says he made like $300,000 from, you know, oil futures. That I think is pretty much, you know, I think his family were like reasonably well off in Brazil, but his own personal money was that kind of like three hundred thousand. Yeah. So he wasn't he like so when Mark's coming, say I'm going to need more money, two hundred. Like he's thinking about it, and he thinks about it for a second. He's like, well, maybe whatever. But like two hundred's not really crushing a man whose personal wealth is three hundred grand. No, and I I think I mean obviously he would have lost a little bit of that to tax and whatever, but I you know I think he's probably you know at least at this point at least probably sitting on about a quarter of a million dollars like in savings. He's like it's not a struggle, um, you know. Realistically, if he wanted, he probably could get his own place off campus without much trouble. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But you know, I think you know the one thing about Eduardo obviously is you know he clearly enjoys the friendship with the guys in the dorm, and you know that's like it seems like you know of the two of them, and this is not true to life because. There is footage of Mark Zuckerberg basically partying like crazy when he was like 20 years old. Um, but the impression that you get in the film is that, you know, Eduardo is the one who enjoys the social side of college. And, you know, he goes to the Caribbean night. He does that wonderful little dance as Mark approaches him, which just puzzles Mark. Um, you know, he's the one who's kind <laughs> of out there with his friends and kind of, you know, um, you know, looking for women and, you know, drinking. And like he, he's taking part in the kind of college experience that obviously later on Mark describes that they're going to put online. And you know, Ed and Mark is kind of basically stuck, particularly in this sequence, just coding all the time. And between like classes and coding, like that's pretty much his entire life, uh, or at least that's how it's painted in the film. Like I said, Mark Zuckerberg was well known for, you know, doing his fair bit of drinking. And there are videos on the internet that I think, ironically, were on MySpace at the time of you know Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> doing various things. So. You know, the, the the impression in the film you're meant to get is obviously that Mark Zuckerberg is withdrawn and doesn't participate in parties and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Eduardo is the kind of the outgoing one, the one who's who's kind of taking part. And maybe that's why, you know, he was punched. And that's why he's going through these kind of trials to be in a finals club. It's because he was willing to put himself out there and take Whereas part. Whereas Mark wasn't. No. And, uh, you know, this is some, I mean, obviously that's kind of like, you know, the subtext of the film is Mark Zuckerberg spends all his time creating this website that is meant to replicate the college experience while at the same time he's not, not enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So which, you know, it's not like Fincher ever kind of rams that down your throat, but it's just, you know, it's there in the background. Um, and we finish the scene, you know, after Mark has already spent $200 of Eduardo's money with him saying, hey, guess what? And that's, you know, the, in the next episode, we'll kind of find out what, you know, the, the guess what is resolved with. But as as a viewer, you already kind of know because we've had this wonderful shot of, you know, from underneath the door where you see this envelope kind of slide under, um, which looks like, I mean, it's, it's weird because on the on the DVD, uh, there's various little kind of scenes that go like on, on a rotation and one of them is just under the door and nothing comes like I think you see like an envelope, but it's not the shot that's in the film. It's just someone has kind of recreated it somehow. Mm. Um, so I always kind of remember that when I put the DVD in, because that's like literally the first thing that comes on is, is that when is that envelope. When um, I watched this today, Darren, I watched it with somebody who's never seen the movie and doesn't know what it's about. But uh, they sat down. So I only watched it, like the minute we're talking about uh, or sorry, the, the yesterday's minute as well. And the last scene from the last minute, the Winklevoss twins and Devia 
are are sitting around and they're like, do you think there's something up with this guy? And the last scene just before you cut to the envelope coming into the door, it's a close-up of the Winkelvosses and it looks like they're going to do something about it, right? They're going <laughs> to do something. And then this letter comes under the door. So since... Uh, the, uh, I was watching with Emily. Uh, so since Emily didn't know what was going on, she thought that this letter had come from the Winkelvosses. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah. they've sent a letter to his friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it does have like a little kind of Phoenix logo on. And, you know, it's I guess if you're watching the whole film, it's kind of obvious what's going on. But, yeah, it is yeah. a little bit of a weird thing that if you only watch this minute, you could think that they've sent a letter and they've slipped it under a door. Again, yeah. I think that's a wonderful shot, but it just does make me think about someone from the Phoenix. I'm guessing, you know, like uh, it's one of the pledges and they've just got this stack of, of like envelopes and they have to run from like dorm to dorm, throwing stuff under the door, hoping that someone doesn't just like, open the door while they're leaning down about to like put it <laughs> under. Um, so I'm sure there's about probably a few occasions where they went to put it under and someone just opened the door and was like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, and then of course, you know, uh, this this is where Eduardo he like then takes the envelope in so like as a viewer we kind of aware what he's about to say when the guess what comes up um, but I think as well you know in the script it's described that every available wall space is covered with a diagram or printout I don't think it's quite that like kind of you know um, crazy conspiracy you know like um, but it, it it is kind of still there is still kind of like a, a layout of you know what Mark is kind of doing a kind of continuation of his um, you know, programming thing. And I think the fact that he's asking for a, you know, a Linux box or Linux, if you want to say it that way, um, it shows that he, he has a thought of what he wants to do next. And he kind of knows the capacity it's going to take up and that they are going to have to have like a dedicated server running everything to handle kind of traffic. So it's, it's like, it, we're seeing that Mark has progressed just a little bit in terms of what he wants the website to be. And he clearly has an idea that it's going to be popular and it's going to handle traffic, but you know, obviously face mash, you know, crashed the Harvard network. So if it's, you know, if it's as popular as face mash, then obviously they need a better kind of, you know, something to handle the traffic a lot better than that. It's um, hard to imagine anything as being as popular as face mash, darn. <laughs> yeah. It did get 15,000 hits um, in, in one night. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of love the fact as well that, you know, Mark is talking in these kind of very technical terms. I guess, you know, a Linux box is not that technical. I feel like anybody these days who kind of interacts with computers on a, a kind of a, a casual basis would understand that a dedicated server is a dedicated server. Like you kind of understand <laughs> that. So, but you know, the fact that he says we've got to handle the traffic, like, you know, he's, he's using kind of tech terms that obviously Eduardo as a business major probably has Doesn't a vague know. understanding of, but yeah, yeah. He, I'm sure that the whole kind of dedicated Linux box running Apache means absolutely nothing to Eduardo. He's just concerned about the money. And again, that, it, you know, that is the thing that will kind of end up kind of being the wedge between them is, you know, is the idea that Eduardo isn't, you know, isn't in with Mark in the same way that he, you know, the others are because, you know, there's at least a couple of them there who are kind of programmers and, you know, once Mark gets to California, you know, we'll see how the programmers kind of interact with each other. And it's not the way that Eduardo interacts with Mark. It's a completely different relationship. And, you know, uh, is there anything else that you think we've got to cover in this minute? Or do you feel like we've pretty much? No, I think I think of all the so of the minutes that we're going to discuss over the next few days, Darren, I think this has the least actually happening in it. Right. Yeah. Or, although I haven't said that the next minute. Wednesday so bear in mind fans right <laughs> that tomorrow's episode I, I think there's about 40 seconds of music in it just like music over scenes when you're seeing stuff or whatever but it's 
it's still good. I think there's very little happens to this. I would have, I would have been happier to see more of a reaction from people because I think there's a couple of things get mentioned and said where I imagine that there would have been proper reactions. Yeah. If that makes sense, all right. So eh, there's one of the deposition pieces where one of the emails gets read out, and the Winkelvosses just respond with a blank face. But it's very, <laughs> it's very clear they're getting jived over at this stage. Like, yeah. So they should have been angry at least. And if the Phoenix can find where somebody lives, surely the Winkelvosses could have dropped down and you know paid a little visit to Mark themselves. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because I'm gonna guess that maybe like because we we see when uh, Eduardo arrives home uh, in the first kind of I don't know like minute eight or nine somewhere around there where we get his first introduction to the film, and he has to like press like a little buzzer to get in. So I I don't know I I just take it that you know maybe you know freshmen or sophomores or whoever can easily get in there, but if you're you know. If you're the Winklevoss twins, it's very hard to press a buzzer and and just say to people, <laughs> "Oh, we're just gonna, you know, we just need to pop." I think someone might be questioning whether or not they belong in that particular part of town. But um, he's also still going to his classes. Yeah, and he's they still do... going to have to eat. Like they, like I mean, they're like even if we take away the fact that they're mega rich, right? Yeah, they're boat rowers. They're built like Army Hammer. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. It doesn't have a ton of friends. Like, surely a little, oh, the boys are coming around. Maybe I'm showing my Irish and close to Northern <laughs> Ireland roots here. The boys will be around to chat to you later on. Yeah, I think actually, like, there is an incident that's described when they meet with Larry Summers where they talk about chasing him across campus, um, which, you know, raises the eyebrows of Larry Summers a little bit. Like, what? And they do mention, you know, we're going to look like the bullies in The Karate Kid in a, in, a, in a later part of the film. So, I think they're aware that if there's two of them chasing Mark Zuckerberg around, they're gonna. It's a like if if they do have to take legal action in future, or if this does turn into something, it's gonna make them look even worse if they're if, they've like, if they were up, hassling yeah. him. Well, if they weren't, if they were just emailing him, that's uh, you know, as as someone who works for a business where we send a lot of emails, the point of an email is you have a trail, like. So yeah. you have something that's traceable. And I think that's the whole point of like, they're not going to kind of physically try and intimidate him because that will look bad. But also, you know, the, like when they kind of end up saying, oh, yeah, we went to see him. They can be, you know, Mark Zuckerberg can just be like, I don't remember that. Like and <laughs> and, you know, whereas the emails, it's kind of a little bit more like easier for them to kind of trace stuff. So I think that's maybe why they were kind of keep on with the emails just because they're I guess also at this point they don't realize that maybe they're being duped. So. But see, that's but see that's the that's the, the issue I would have with it. If yeah. they don't realize they're being duped, then they're probably not thinking let's keep a paper trail. They're thinking yeah. they're, like so. The only way I can justify it in my own head is they actually don't want to be seen with Mark Zuckerberg, right? So they're yeah, like, he's such a dweeb. We don't want to be seen associated with him whatsoever. We're just gonna get him to do our work for him. So in so they're basically trying to use him as their coder, which in effect that's what they were doing. Like, I mean, also he's him. he is still on academic probation. There was still the whole to do with face mash. So maybe he's yeah. not someone that they want to associate with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can get into that more in the next few minutes because we're gonna get a whole lot more emails and back and forth <laughs> uh, <laughs> to kind of get into there. Um, so I, you know, my question for people on Tuesdays is simply, when did you join Facebook? If you, if you know that particular date. Okay. Uh, no, I don't know if there's a way to check this, Darren, because almost certain I joined 
in July or August of 2006. Yeah. I think. But <laughs> if I was to look it up somewhere and discover I joined in July 2008, I wouldn't be too shocked either because it was definitely in that period because you've you've seen me around Facebook, Darren. I don't exactly Facebook a lot. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever, I, in fact, I don't think I've ever posted to my own wall or timeline or whatever it happens to be called, right? I just happen to have it to stay in contact with a couple of people. And I know one of my friends went to Australia in 2006, and I think I joined Facebook to be able to contact him very easily. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, Facebook didn't actually go public until um, September 26, 2006. Um, that was when anybody with a valid email address could join. Okay, um, well, then so it was it was definitely then... It was just after it came because I got a message from him saying, you should join this. Yeah. I've just joined it and it's only new. So it was brand new. So it's around about then. So September in around about time, 2006 or yeah. early 2007. There is, there is a, there is a point where, um, uh, like if you go on Facebook, you can find when you joined. Uh, but I can't off the top of my head, remember where that information is. Uh, yeah. Well, that's right. It's, so. it's definitely going to be, in around about that, it was it was still new at the time because I remember him saying it's going to replace uh, MySpace. Yeah, and which... me saying, "What's MySpace?" And then him said, "You know what Bebo is." And I went, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get into a little bit of that on Thursday. Uh, but otherwise, is there anything else that you would like to plug today? Uh, yeah, I, I have two podcasts. So um, one of them is Best Acquaintances, where myself and my best friend. And we interview people that we know from Facebook or any other social media place. Just so basically friends that we've made through various groups. Um, we just give them a ring. We sit down. We have a Skype conversation. We record it and then release it as an episode. And everybody seems to have interesting stories to tell. And then the other podcast I do is with somebody I met through uh, Best Acquaintances, um, Sarah F. Decker. She's a doctor of medieval history. And myself and herself watch medieval set movies together. And then she rips them to shreds because most of them are not very accurate to what actually happened. And then I get to talk about people getting stabbed in the face. So all of us are happy at this particular juncture. So medieval, if you want to hear uh, an expert and somebody who likes blood, um, talking about medieval movies and best acquaintances if you just want to hear two friends interviewing a third friend and you can find us on myspace at myspace.com slash the social minutes or on twitter at social underscore minutes or on facebook at the social minute podcast thanks once more for being my guest here today ollie oh it's a pleasure and i will see you tomorrow perfect <laughs>